The way I see it, the Auburn Tigers have two more wins on their schedule this season. Well, Zach, I, I actually just finished crushing some chicken farm, and I am freaking ready to rock and roll. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Flaggerby. Thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. Today's episode is brought to you by Sweatblock. If you or someone you love is experiencing embarrassing sweater odor, try Sweatblock. Save 20% with promo code LOCKEDON at sweatblock.com. Also available on Amazon. Ike Jones joining us for a little War of Poor Wednesday. Thank you for filling in for Mike G, my man. Happy bye week to you. And yeah, man. I, I think it'd be a good time to kind of look ahead and say, okay, we know Auburn's schedule never really gets easier no matter what part of the season you're looking at, but maybe there's some winnable games on the horizon for the Tigers as a lot of people are down on this team yeah. so far. So, Let's start things off first with this bye week, Ike. Your biggest thing. We're gonna is win being, the bye week. Woo! But at least not gonna lose, right? Yeah. But um, all joking aside, if Auburn were to win the bye week, and obviously yeah. you know you compete against yourself and you got to focus and, and all that, what do you think they need to do? What makes this bye week successful if Auburn pulls it off? Yeah, so, uh, I mean, first and foremost, they're hitting the ground running, trying to get some recruiting stuff done midseason. So I think that that is a good start to the bye sure. week. Um, but I think paramount to kind of getting yourself ramped up for the remainder of the season is there's a couple of things. They got to get healthy. There is uh, a dearth of talent along the defensive front now um, with Echo Leota being out for the remainder of the season. You've seen mm -hmm. Derek Hall go down in back-to-back -back games now. Um, Marcus Bragg went down a little bit. Marcus Harris went down. A so the defensive line needs to get healthy. Brutal. Um Outside of that, I think you need to come up with some sort of plan at linebacker. I, I don't know what the status of Eugene Asante is as far as his um, commitment to this team going forward. Um, and Cam Riley had been hurt earlier in the season. I think he needs to get a little bit more healthy so that we can have consistent play in the linebacker core. So because your offense has been – Oh, what's a what's what's a nice way to say terrible? Not good. <laughs> Your <laughs> offense has not been consistent this season. Sure. That's a nicer way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. So you're you're gonna have to play better defensively to give yourself more bites at the apple to try to get points on the board or at least limit the other team's opportunities. And that's gonna start with being healthy up front. Yeah. Um, so hopefully you can get healthy in those two units. And then the third portion is just going to be finding some sort of cohesive strategy that allows you to use the talents of Robbie Ashford, as opposed to having an offense that was primarily catered to fit TJ Finley or Zach Calzada, had he been healthy. Mm -hmm. um, so that, that needs to be the focus in, in three parts. In my opinion, you've got a offensive line unit, hopefully that looks a little more physical. I don't know if Ole Miss is, is really a harbinger of the future, or if that is just some apparition based upon the size of their front. Uh, but a little more physical in the run game in that game. So if you can stay consistent within that unit and run the ball a little better, then maybe you can open some things up in the past game. We'll sure. See. Yeah. No, I think that's it. And I mean, <laughs> you mentioned a bunch of different things there. And I think that's the frustrating thing. It's like all of it is manageable. It's just yeah. a lot of it. And it hasn't really been addressed since we all saw it become an issue against San Jose state in the second week of the season. So yeah. we'll see if uh, that this extra week off helps. 
So as far as moving forward, obviously Auburn will get things going after the bye week with a home game as they host the Arkansas Razorbacks. And this is a team that, whether it's been controversial or blowouts, Auburn's played their best ball for the most part against Arkansas. Even Brian Harson's team last year, obviously the Gus Malzahn era was what it was, but maybe other than the old Miss game last year, probably the second most impressive game. No, I think uh, Arkansas was the best game this team played you, you all think the way so? around. Yeah, I mean, you, you'll, you'll get you forced turnovers in that game. You had a proficient run and pass offense. Uh, other than the one interception at the end of the half, it was, I mean, they're near a flawless game. I mean, you had one of the best wide receivers in the conference torch you a couple of times, but mm-hmm. that's going to happen. Uh, so, yeah, I think it's one of the best all-around games, uh, both halves of football games, right? Because Ole Miss, second half, we, we didn't do much of anything True. in that game. So True. I think Arkansas was probably the most complete game this team played last year. Yeah, you'll get no, you'll get no argument from me there. Both sides of the ball look good. Obviously, the Iron Bowl, I think you could say, well, the defense was exceptional, so, you know, that, that's something. Yeah. Totally. No, uh, you, you'll get no argument from me on that. And, Ike, I think the biggest thing is, like, this Arkansas defense is terrible. And you, been saw, you saw what Auburn was able to do against the bad old Miss defense. Arkansas is a lot worse than that. Yeah. And you're not on the road. You're at home. So right. I think Auburn's going to be able to score points on Arkansas. And I think the defense that'll be rested up and Arkansas gets a bye week too. I think that's a little unfortunate as far as the timing. But I think this matches up really well for Auburn. I, I really, really do. Right now, I have Auburn beating Arkansas next yeah. week. I mean, I think it's a very winnable game for this team. Uh, it's really going to be dependent upon how well we're able to move the ball through the air, though. I think um, the, the you know, look, look, the scouting report is out. You load the box, you make them beat them with your arm. Mm-hmm. And that's basically been the, the recipe for beating Auburn for, I mean, really like five years, is make the quarterback beat you, not running the running around and making plays, but keep them in the pocket, make them find reads downfield, right? So you load the box up and then you do some sort of cloud coverage on the back end and make them beat you with your arm. Arkansas has not been able to do that with anyone yet this year though, right? They just have not anyone been with, with anyone. Yeah. I mean, they, they can't stop. Uh, it doesn't matter what kind of team it is. They have been able to throw the ball on Arkansas. Yeah. And so if Auburn can find some sort of semblance of a passing attack, um, yeah, it shouldn't be a close game. The problem that you're going to have is going to be Arkansas is a run-heavy team, and Auburn has looked poor, again, being kind with the words here, poor in the run defense thus far. Um, yeah. I mean, Jesus, Ole Miss, four, almost 450 yards on the ground in that game. Um, so that's really going to be the issue is, have they figured out how to stop the run consistently? Uh, and if they haven't, then it's going to be a shootout, I think. Yeah, I, I think there will be a lot of points scored regardless. And not because either offense is that great, just because I think both defenses at this point of the season have kind of been exposed. All right, let's touch on the, the following week now, Ike. You go to Starkville. I normally say Starkganistan, but that made some people mad. So you go to play Mississippi State on the road. Um, I don't see how Auburn wins this. I think if you want to paint this orange and blue you can say that by nature of what Mike Leach does with his teams there's a few games a year even all the way back when he was at Texas Tech there's a few games a year where they just come out flat and the offense doesn't work you can kind of say that happened last week against Kentucky I think Kentucky's a lot better than we are but still as a whole like if you told me 
in what three weeks that Mississippi State's offense falls apart on its own in Starkville and Auburn was found in a way to win, you know, a 17 to 10 type game. It wouldn't shock me. I'm just not banking on it happening. Yeah, I, I think the issue that you have is um, we, we just have not found a consistent pass rush. And you have to have that against mm -hmm. this team. You just absolutely have to. They're going to get the ball out too quickly. Our defensive backs have played well. You know, I think that they are the shining spot of this defense as far as just consistency of play. Uh, sure. But they haven't been challenged by anyone who's remotely as proficient uh, in, in passing the ball. So you're going to have an issue facing something that you haven't faced before. I mean, look at the San Jose State game. Uh, you have a quarterback who is... Uh, who was accurate that game, and he did well against this defense. Um, you could say the same a little bit against Penn State, but Penn State, again, was mostly the ground game. Uh, most teams that have be beaten up on Auburn this year have found a way to run the ball really well. That's not going to be the case against Mississippi State. They're going to throw the ball, uh, but they have been a little bit more balanced when they've need to, needed to be this year. So I, I find it hard to believe that we win this game the way that we're looking defensively right now. Can the Auburn Tigers win the rest of their home games? That would be enough to get them to be bowl eligible. We touch on that in just a moment right here on Locked on Auburn. Mentioned it earlier in the show. Today's show is brought to you by our friends at Sweatblock. We've all either been in a situation or we've got a buddy or a family member that sweats a ton and maybe it impacts their confidence. Here's a customer review, a real customer review at Sweatblock. His name was Chris. He suffered from excessive underarm sweat for 10 years. Years, a decade, he was so worried about sweating through his dress shirts that he started um, doing all kinds of things, putting you know paper towels under his arms or, or whatever it may be to kind of keep his shirts um, from, from, from wearing under, um, under his arms until he found Sweatblock. Sweatblock changed the game for him. It can change the game for you or your loved one. So uh, Sweatblock was created by a doctor to help with his own excessive sweating. It is doctor-created and doctor-recommended. If you or someone you love is experiencing embarrassing sweat or odor, try Sweatblock. Save 20% with promo code LOCKEDON at sweatblock.com, and it is also available at Amazon. Today's show also brought to you by our local friends at Frisky Whiskey. If you're in the Auburn, Opelika, or Lee County area, and you look, you're looking just to kind of have a relaxing weekend, you don't have to worry about the Auburn game, you just want to sit back and watch some football, Make sure you're equipped for the big day, that big bye week, and drive over to our friends at Frisky Whiskey. Just type it into your phone's GPS or just hop on I-85 towards Atlanta. And as soon as you cross into the state of Georgia, you'll see billboards all over the place. It's like two miles after you get into the state of Georgia. And it'll be worth the 15 or 20-minute commute because their prices and selection are second to none. And of course, a lot of folks will be coming in town next weekend for that Arkansas game that we mentioned just a few minutes ago. Make sure your tailgate is ready and you are equipped for that as well by stopping and checking out our friends at Frisky Whiskey. Ike Jones with the War Report joining us as we celebrate this War Report Wednesday. Before we jump into Auburn's next two games on the schedule, Ike, what's going on at the War Report these days? Ah, man, we are we're, we're, we're keeping things moving, man. The website is up and going. We're doing a lot of film review. So, you know, bye weeks going on. So I'm out mm -hmm. here trying to look at trends of what we got going on for the Auburn team. So we're going to be doing a kind of a, a look back and doing some grades <laughs> for the Auburn uh, football yes. team so far this year. Yeah. It's uh, it's been fun to write that. So uh, that's one of the big things that we've got going on. Just how are we doing right now? What's let's give an honest assessment of the team. Right. All right. So uh, Texas A&M is next at November 12th. 
matchup. Obviously, that game is at Jordan-Hare Stadium. This is not a good football team. Texas A&M's offense is really, really bad, and their defense has actually proven to be pretty decent. Um, We'll see if they can keep that confidence over the course of the season. They may be in a similar boat as Auburn. We'll see. But this is uh, this is a game, Ike, where I think, once again, if you want to paint things orange and blue, and if you told me that Auburn was able to make this game really ugly at home, it'll probably be 11 o'clock kick, just a guess, and just kind of make it where, like, nobody wants to be there, and then they're able to have, you know, consistent maybe two or three drives in the first half and two or three drives in the second half that result in points, you may could finish this one with a win. You really could. I don't think it's that crazy. Yeah, I mean, I actually think, you know, if, if I were projecting forward right now, I'd actually put this in the win column as okay. a likely win um, just because, uh, again, when I look at teams that have done well against Auburn, which, you know, that's mostly everyone this season so far. But when I'm talking about I'm talking about dominating Auburn, uh, what you what you end up having is offensively a really good run game. Texas A&M, just OK. I mean, mm-hmm. Devin A. Chain is a is a wonderful back, uh, but. The offensive line hasn't done well at opening run lanes for him, and they have not. I mean, Max King, I mean, Max Johnson, excuse me, I got the t- names transposed. Sure. There, yeah, they combined. But uh, Max Johnson was doing okay at quarterback, but he's not a world beater. And Haynes King is as close to horrible as you get with a starting quarterback. So um, I don't fear Texas A&M. Their defense is good. Don't get me wrong. I just think that Auburn has a legitimate shot at moving the ball a little bit against their team. And I don't fear that offense at all. So I get that as a likely win for Auburn right now. Did did you do you think that's a more likely win than Arkansas? Um, just because of Arkansas's run game, I would mm-hmm. say uh, th- those. I mean, so I, I'd give a fifty. If they went, they they're going to split those games. In my opinion, they're going to okay. win one and lose the other. Um, I think the more likely win to me is going to be the team that can't run the ball or the offense that can't really score. Because again, you look at Missouri, right? Missouri is a good example of a team who played valiantly on defense against us, probably their second best defensive performance other than Georgia. Um, but they, the offense was putrid, right? Like they just couldn't move the ball enough to score points. And that's kind yeah. of the place where I put Texas A&M. I just don't know that they're, how do they generate points? I can see Arkansas generating points. Texas A&M, I can't. I think all that makes sense. And the fact that they're at home obviously obviously helps you. Western Kentucky, early in the season when Western Kentucky's offense was really popping off, I think ESPN's predictor had that as like a 50-50 game. It's slanted towards Auburn a little bit since then. But is there any concern about this? They throw it a lot more than they run. I know you've mentioned opposing teams rushing attack, but um, I'd be surprised if Auburn lost this. Yeah, but the, I mean, there's parts of the Auburn fan base that say maybe. That's yeah, I mean, th- there's parts of the Auburn fan base that thinks we're, we're, we were going to lose every game this season just because that's what they do. Um, but, you know, I, I think the difference with the Western Kentucky game is going to be similar to the difference that I would have had. Uh, if you heard me talk about the Ole Miss game, it's going to be the physicality up front. This is one of the few matchups left on the schedule for Auburn where I think physically we, we can dominate the trenches, right? And so if you're able to do that, you can control the clock and therefore the game. The only mm-hmm. issue that you're going to have against Western Kentucky is essentially the issue that Auburn's had the entire year is, are you going to give them the ball? You're just going to give them the ball a couple of times when they didn't deserve it, um, and then you're going to make the game interesting. But from a physicality standpoint, Auburn should dominate this game, even with Western, Western Kentucky able to be proficient in the pass offense. I just don't know that they'll have enough. So I, I would put that as a win. 
Yeah, I understand. All right, let's talk about the Iron Bowl. Can Auburn do what they did a year ago in Tuscaloosa? Hey, Jeff Smetting like called the defense, right? That's what everybody told me. Uh, all that, that's, that's what I heard. Yeah, that's what so I heard. He's the D.C., so apparently he has the secret sauce to beating Bama. Uh, he's just going to turn it on once a year. Yep. Every year in the Iron Bowl is when he's going to have his best defensive game plan call. So. Uh, some, some Auburn people would be okay with that. But, yeah, let's touch on the Iron Bowl. And also, I want to get Ike's thoughts on what the offseason may hold in just a moment right here on Locked on Auburn. And uh, I got to tell you about our fi- uh, our friends at LinkedIn. This may be a fitting time to do uh, to do this ad read. But look, these days, every new hire uh, can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business or really any company. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available, and that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free, and their huge network of potential candidates will help you find the people uh, that's best for your job posting, and you can even add like uh, questions and qualifiers and screening options so you don't have to waste your time scrolling through, you know, all of these applicants. So LinkedIn Jobs wants to help you find the quality candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash college. That's LinkedIn.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Final few minutes on this War Report Wednesday with Ike joining us this week. Uh, I know you were joking a little bit about the schmetting thing, right. but I mean, is there any hope? In this game, I mean, obviously Alabama lost uh, to Tennessee. Maybe there's a blueprint there, but I mean, just Tennessee's offense is just incredible. And you just yeah. talk about That's the running game and defending everything. I just, I just don't see a whole lot of stops. Yeah, in this I, one. I, I don't know how we get the stops this game. Um, the, the reason why we could be so effective last year is because. Bama couldn't really run the ball. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I think Brian Robinson's a fine running back. He's he is not Gibbs. Him and him and Gibbs are in a different uh, stratosphere as far as just ability to impact the offense. And and that to me is the difference maker in their their offense last year and their offense this year is they sure. have the ability to run the ball. And so that's going to make it a little bit harder for Auburn to consistently generate the pass rush that they did. And again, your best pass rusher and and that's not a slight to Derek Hall. I think he's amazing. But Ekuliota is a superior edge rusher extraordinaire yeah. um you, you don't have the the wave of pass rushing bodies that you could throw out there like you did last year so it's going to be more difficult to get stops and so then it becomes can you score enough points haven't seen evidence of that thus far this year that we're able to score points on a ba- Bama defense that can allow a lot of points to be scored sure. uh but I'm going to need to see something in these next couple of games that is a semblance of a better offensive game plan. Again, that fits Robbie Ashford a little bit better before I'm ready to give Auburn the nod in the Iron Bowl this year. I'm there with you. I'm there with you. I think that one's going to be bad, and I think it's going to be a fitting end to um, to this era of Auburn football. It's just my guess. It really seems like that's going to be um, the last game for Brian Harson and his tenure. Um, do you agree with that? Uh, I mean, I don't know. I have no idea what anybody who's thinking about things are are thinking about at this point in time. You know, let let rumors tell it he was supposed to be gone this week. So I don't know what anybody's thinking right now. All I know is uh, they've got a job to do to try to get, you know, three to four wins out of the, the back half of this season um, and then let the chips fall where they may. So we'll see if I if they don't move on from him after the Iron Bowl. And I'm talking within 24 hours after the Iron Bowl sometime on that Sunday. 
what happens to this fan base? Uh, it's going to be fractured. It's going to be a there's going to be a, a a group of people who will be happy that it happened because they've been supportive of trying to have some semblance of letting a coach coach. And then there's going to be a large contingent of people who are just like, I can't believe this. This is the worst thing that's ever happened to Auburn and we're doomed for the future. Right. So um, we'll see. I mean, we will definitely see. But here, here's the thing that I think ultimately matters is. Whether the fans are on board, well, whether the people with money that are fans that are on board with this team or not um, can just bury whatever it is and say, all right, well, we'll just support Auburn through this. But if if he screws up one more year, we're just going to turn the pressure up on everything and get him out of here. That's yet to be seen. I think that's the bigger thing. It's like, I I, I get it. You didn't get your way. uh, But do, do you love Auburn enough to just continue to support it anyway? I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. All right, it's the bye week, Ike, so there's really no rules here. Let's look at the following weeks after either a new coach is brought in or Brian Harson's retained, whatever. Let's talk like mid to late December where you've got the signing day, early signing period and all that. That's also when a lot of transfers are going to come in. Mm-hmm. What are you expecting Auburn to do via the transfer portal? Regard- line. Sure. How, realistically, <laughs> how many? We had this conversation yesterday. Realistically, how many offensive linemen are going to come in? Oh, my God. I don't know how many will actually. So, like, here's the problem, right? It's difficult to have quality offensive line talent in the portal, number one, just to be in the transfer portal as sure. a quality offensive lineman. So there's going to be a mad rush. It's going to be like, you know, 1949 gold rush in San Francisco, right? Like, sure. it's just going to be everyone trying to raid the portal for offensive line talent. Um, and Auburn's right now isn't a destination of note for that, right? Like, why would you come to Auburn? You got nothing that shows that you can put offensive linemen in the in the NFL. Um, so they're going to have to make that guy who is currently the offensive line coach earn his paycheck that week. He's got to do some work. Um, but the question is, realistically, how many? If it's more than two, I'd be shocked. You're going to need three or four, but if it's more than two, I'd be shocked. At what point do you lower lower the quality that you want just to get the bodies in the, the room I think you have that you to. need? I think you have to just go get bodies and hope you can coach them up at this point in time because you need – I mean, you it, the, the injuries that we've had already across the offensive line show it. You've got to have bodies to replace in that room. Um, and if the guys that you currently have there that are underclassmen, which there aren't uh, going to be a lot left after this season, aren't right. capable to cut, step in and start day one, then one or two of those people need to be starters. So you've got to have one or two guys that can come and start immediately, and then you just got to go backfield with bodies. You have to. How many How many guys do you get on the defensive front? I mean, you're going to lose the whole defensive front minus Jason Jones, so it's right. like – there are some dudes where you're like, okay, I could see him stepping into being a starter next year, like Emba. Right. Or, you Jacavius know, you know, Walker, maybe. Sure. Maybe. Hopefully Robinson will be turned into something. Who knows? Exactly. Yeah. So, so I think you, you could talk yourself into more of those right. guys. And I, I think the starting edge next year makes sense. But after Dylan Brooks, it's like, who, who who's playing edge? You know, like, right. does Joko stay? Is Joko transfer? Like, who knows? So yeah, I, I think, think that's the biggest thing too. Is like, how much attrition are you going to have in the transfer portal? Like, it's going to be. I think it a depends if it's Harson or not, right? I think it depends on who what you do. I think at, you. At, at I coach. think you lose guys either way. If you fire Harson, I think you lose guys. If you keep Harson, I think you lose guys. But you probably lose more if you fire them, right? I mean, that's just kind of the nature of it. Or do yeah, you I think, think I think that's a that's that's fair. I, I think the the 
I mean, we may be talking a difference of like two people. I don't think it's going to be a drastic difference. Either. Yeah, I think I think it depends on which portion of his staff is retained, and then who it is as the new head coach as to whether or not you know um, mm-hmm. more more so on the offense than the defense. I think the defense um, tends that because they have I think more talent on the defense. Uh, you'll you'll likely see some more continuity on that side of the ball. The offense is where it may start to fall apart, just because skill players, man, <laughs> they want to be in a in in something like j- just look at a guy like Coy Moore, right? Like he felt he got the shaft because the 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 new coach didn't see him as per- a part of his game plan. Sure. And so he's like, I don't I don't want to be a part of that wide receiver. You, you're gonna find that a lot. Like quarterbacks want to make sure that they have somebody who's gonna coach them the right way and all that. So. It, it could fall apart really quickly on the offensive side for an offense that has not looked good already. Yeah. Yeah. The, the wide receivers, I mean, that's the most exciting room yeah, in 2023, easily. I think. Yeah. Um, just because, like, we finally saw Jay Fair get a catch. I mean, Camden Brown is Camden Brown. I think that's been well documented. Amari um, Kelly looks Amari great. Kelly, uh, what a surprise he's been. And Coy can't transfer, right? right? He's already used his free transfer. I don't think he's slated to graduate this year. So it's yeah. like, there's a lot of excitement there. You you wouldn't think they would leave, um, but you, you never know. Yeah, no, I think it uh, again. It's a, a lot is going to have to do. A lot's going to have to do with whoever the offensive play caller is, not just the head coach, but mm. specifically who is going to be the offensive coordinator. So let's just stick with the Brian Harson scenario. If he stays, he's got to get a new OC. I think Eric Kiesau might be you know nice enough guy. I've never met him, never talked to him in person. He's not a power five level offensive coordinator today they're going to have to hire a real oc in order to be able to keep those skill players happy yeah i feel like he's an analyst at most sec schools i mean that's what he was at auburn he was kind of forced into this role due to a lot of craziness and see Mm -hmm. i think that's where he fits best and he probably needs to go back into that role um, and allow someone who is a better play caller uh, to go out there and call plays for auburn on saturdays Ike Jones, thank you so much for hanging out with me for a little bit today. Really appreciate it. One more time, how can people check out everything going on at The War Report? Yeah, you guys know it's thewarreport.com is the website, at The War Report on most social media. If you happen to have TikTok, which we never really post TikToks. I don't know why we publicize it, but it's TW Report over there. Uh, But you guys can definitely check us out on YouTube. We're The War Report there as well. Ike Jones, our guest today. Be sure to find all of my written work at auburndaily.com, and we'll see you tomorrow right here. Unlocked on Auburn.